Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Dylan's Discourse. I'm Dylan Friedland, joined alongside by Zach Hamilton at Panthers Vet on Twitter. And Zach, after that unbelievable game last night, Carter Verhage etching his name into Panthers history. Just how are you feeling right now? Uh, it's kind of hard to put into words. I think I speak for all Florida Panther fans at this point that um, it, it left us speechless. We we couldn't believe it. 26 years not being able to get past the first round and um, just that curse like lingering over our heads. And it's too good to be kind of true kind of moment. Um, and for us to get it done last night was incredible. I, I think it's still just no one fully believes it happened. We all kind of woke up this morning expecting to check our phones and think it was a dream and it's surreal that it wasn't speaking of that curse. I mean, I don't want to dwell on it for too long, but when Washington tied it up with a minute left, were your thoughts like, Oh no, it's happening again. Because that was my immediate thought when Washington tied it up. Yeah. I think that thought came in my head like right away. Um, but I felt like the way that the boys were playing there for the second and third, predominantly that third period, um, particularly the Barkoff line and um, just the momentum they were generating that I felt like we'd be able to regroup and and win that game. Just, you know, how we had been playing down the stretch there. But I did. I was a little worried. It took I was sick to my stomach at that point when they scored that that tying goal. Well, they pulled it together and large part due to Carter Verhage. I mean, 12 points in six games, six goals, six assists, the best playoff series in Panthers history. You have the best playoff series. In NHL history, two points per game is ridiculous. Three game-winning goals. Just opinions on him. I mean, the fact that he's only signed for $1 million this year is ridiculous. Just overall thoughts. Oh, well, for Carter Verhage, as we all know him as Swaggy or Swagoo, as the boys like to call him, um, just I was very impressed that he elevated his game this last couple, predominantly these last three games, putting the team on his back. Uh, our team was trailing two out of the final three games in the third period alone. Um, the fact that he was able to generate three game-winning goals, two of which came in overtime, uh, being the 12th player in NHL history um, to score three straight game-winning goals for a team in the playoffs is just incredible. Um, I'm hope, I hope that he's able to sustain this going forward, um, just his experience that he obviously had with the Tampa Bay Lightning on their cup run a few years ago. Um, vast improvement um, this year for him and just the growth of his game and overall steal for uh, Bill Zito in terms of uh, salary. The, the clutch factor is also something that not many people, you know, talk about, I feel like in hockey, all that, but Carter Verhage seems to just have that. He is clutch when the Panthers needed him most. He came and showed up in a, in the biggest way the Panthers have seen in 26 years. You look back at, Panthers all-time goals you think it's crazy to think you know Ryan Lomberg might have one of those you think Bill Lindsay you think Panthers legends there's not many of them Carter Verhage is immediately in that conversation to be one of the Panthers greats based off of this series alone yeah I'd have to agree with you on that just the the sheer amount of the the moments in which those three game winning goals happened for him you got to remember game game five back at home at FLA Live Arena the the sauce pass from Alexander Barkov on the two partial two on one 
and just the eruption of the arena in that game. And then to be on the road uh, for games four and six and to score in overtime the way that he did, um, that'll go down in uh, Panthers history forever, especially um, whatever these guys are able to do to continue this playoff run as we move forward here. Yeah, and hopefully we get a long playoff run as we keep going. And I think a large part of going to have to keep the role is going to this offense. They scored, at least coming into the series, the thing that I said was if Bob gives you average, at least average goal sending and the offense scores four goals a game, they should win pretty easily. Well, the Panthers scored four goals a game and three out of their four wins. And, you know, it was a close one, the overtime one, where they only that was different from that one but do you think the offense did enough this series do you think they'll be able to improve do you think this is the type of offense we'll see throughout the rest of the playoffs what did you think about the offense as a whole um the offense i think for i speak for all of us that i i feel like there is room for improvement you had a team go 0 for 18 on the power play um in the first round not very not really acceptable when you look at it but their panthers aren't the first team to win a playoff series um, without scoring a play, uh, power play goal. It's, uh, it's a good sign to see what they're doing at five on five on the ice. Um, and people said that we, the, the Panthers would not be able to come back in games or this or that, and they were able to. Um, and I think that they're just out to prove a lot of people wrong. And if they're able to get the power play going, which I feel like the boys have a monkey taken off their back now, um, uh, weight huge weight lifted off their shoulders winning this playoff round and i think the sky's the limit for the offense going forward just with the amount of weapons that we have on this team um you got to remember that anthony duclair was scratched this last game he's a 30 goal scorer for the panthers this season ryan lomberg comes in after sitting out the last four games of the series playing he played game one and uh produced a big time goal and i just it just goes to show the depth the Florida Panthers have on offense um, and anybody can score on any given night. And it's that next man up mentality as well. I mean, you just look at Lombard who comes basically cold and he was one of our better players last night. Lombard was a guy who I'd never really understood why he got benched in the first place. And I think especially now you can't go ahead and bench him again. He needs to be in that lineup. Duclair, I understand him getting taken out. He struggled a lot. Only one shot on goal the entire first five games and I think Washington did a great job neutralizing his speed because of their 1-3-1 trap now moving on to future rounds playing against Tampa or Toronto I think his speed will play a much bigger role especially if we end up playing Toronto uh, where it'll almost be a track meet going back and forth I think Duclair will be utilized a lot better in a situation like that so I think it'll draw back in I'd imagine against a team not playing that 1-3-1 trap but yeah that power play as well Boston 2011, I believe, was the only I went six games here and still won. Go, I think I saw 0 for 21 on the power play for that Boston team. It's still incredible. I mean, I kind of I, we talked a little about this. I said I wanted to win a series without a play power play goal, just memes, and it happened. Uh, it can get much better just by scoring on that power play, but converting it. I don't imagine we'll stay 0 for however many goals in future rounds. Um, but the Panthers' power play came into the playoffs sixth best in the league. It was still kind of shocking that it did get shut down. Did you notice anything about any reasons why in particular it got shut down? Or what changes would you like to see made to it? 
Um, on our power play, we obviously the Washington Capitals are a really good defensive team. We got to give them a lot of credit. Um, Panthers have an unreal amount of talent on the power play itself. Um, I felt like the Capitals did a good job of shutting down uh, cross crease or, or excuse cross ice passes. Uh, we kept us to the outside. Um, I felt like the last two games or so, the power play looked really good. We'd either miss the net, a uh, shot would get blocked. That was another thing the Capitals did well was blocking shots. And so I feel like we would have had a goal had maybe one of those shots got through or maybe a puck was on net and that didn't miss wide. Um, but I think going forward, like I mentioned earlier, I think just the, the weight off the guy's shoulders, um, hopefully over the next couple of days, maybe seeing a difference um, penalty kill out there coming from obviously Toronto or Tampa Bay that they may be able to generate more. We saw last year in the playoffs against Tampa, the play, uh, our power play was a key factor in the two wins that we did manage to get um, in that series last year. So I think uh, going forward, um, they'll be able to get it going on the power play. There's no way they go over just with the amount of talent they have. Yeah, it's, it, like you have to imagine they regress back to the mean and they come back to maybe they're not six best in the league, but they're at least scoring at a reasonable pace on that power play. While we're talking about this Tampa Toronto team, is there, do you have a favor of who you'd rather face? or you want to win this game seven later tonight? Um, I think both teams are really good. Um, it's, not re- I don't think I really have a preference. If I think you and I have touched on it a couple times. We obviously know that Toronto being an original six franchise, um, they do draw a crowd just about anywhere they go. Um, I guess that could be the one downside of maybe seeing a lot of Leafs fans at uh, FLA Live Arena. But I think a lot of people wouldn't mind seeing the Battle of Florida again in the second round, um, matching up against Tampa again. And it would be kind of a a really good feeling to be the guys that do eliminate the lightning from their, you know, back-to-back Stanley cup runs. Um, but I think either, either way, um, whatever happens in game seven tonight, uh, which I will watch by the way. Um, I think either way we're going to see a good problem, team. but yep. Yeah. I can't, uh, it'll, I'm sure it'll be a good game. Hopefully three overtimes. So they get tired um, or just even keep going into six overtimes for the heck of it. Uh, I'd agree about that crowd thing, but luckily uh, with the Panthers winning last night and them dropping tickets, our good friend Hawk has been keeping track of the Ticketmaster seating map, and it looks like they're almost sold out already. So hopefully not too many tickets for Toronto fans to come in and buy if we were to play them. However, there's always the resale market, so I'm sure they'll scoop yeah. some up there. Um, but definitely not as big of a crowd of Toronto fans as you might see like in the regular season, I think, at least um, right. come playoff time. In terms of Tampa, I mean – and you talking about us finally being the team to eliminate them, it it would feel so good to finally do that. I look back and I think about 2018 Washington, where their demon was Pittsburgh in round two. And Pittsburgh had been able to keep defeating Washington. And Pittsburgh had won the previous two Stanley Cups. And Washington and Pittsburgh meet in the second round. And what do you know? It all changes with Kuznetsov on that breakaway in overtime to defeat Pittsburgh. Washington moves on. They finally win it, and they win the Stanley Cup that year. It reminds me exactly of what this Panthers team could do if they face a Tampa team in round two that has won the previous two Stanley Cups. I kind of want Tampa for that reason. I want to be the ones that defeat them. My also selfish reason is that I want to go to Tampa for a game. Um, But we'll just have to see what happens when we cross that line, and whoever is that uh, will win it. 
The yeah, other I think, thing I want to talk about here. Oh, do you have something to say? No, I was just going to say that Tampa series. We we all know the physicality that that series brings, just with the with the rivalry. And uh, Tampa has that deadly power play, and I think a couple costly penalties last year cost us that series. And I feel like if the guys are able to remain disciplined and stay out of the box uh, a little bit less than they were last year. I think they have a legit shot, but we got to remember that this is a completely different team that the Panthers have this year and also a different team that the Bolts have. Um, and I feel like we have the better team going into it this year, and it, it would make for a great matchup if it if it if that does happen. Yeah, uh, it would it would be a tough match, but it's something that they can take in, especially if Vasilevsky's not at the top of his game, like we've kind of seen a little bit in this Toronto series where he's let in a few goals that you might not expect from Andre Vasilevsky. So we'll just have to wait and see there. While we're talking about goalies, we can't do a podcast without talking about how great Sergei Bobrovsky was in this yes. series. We had this conversation going back, you know, early April, we had talked about who we wanted goaltender one. And I said, you know, I don't know if Bob is consistent enough. I kind of want to see Spencer Knight. Well, Knight dropped off a little bit at the end of the year. Bob turned it on. Bob gets game one. And he dominates throughout this playoff series outside of maybe one game three where most of the goals weren't even his fault. I think Bob is outside of Carter Verhage. Bob is the reason the Panthers won this series. He was phenomenal. Uh, basically, I just wanted Bob to be average. And he was well above average this series. He was, I mean, one of the stars of the series. Yeah, I could agree with you there, Bob. Uh, Bob on paper only had a 906 save percentage, which is good. It's not the best, but I wanted to point out that he did have 48 high danger saves, which is a lot when you think about it, fourth most in the playoffs this year. Bob's taken a lot of heat over the years, deservingly so. Uh, guy's making $10 million a year. Um, he's got a lot of pressure on him. I feel like this is the best he's looked in a Panthers uniform, probably the best he's looked in the postseason, um, if you look back at when Columbus swept uh, uh, Tampa a few years back, um, but I feel like he's just dialed in right now, and that's what you need in the playoffs. You and I have talked about it a couple times, like you mentioned a second ago. As long as Bob was at least average, he would give us a chance to win, and I feel like he did that. Came up with some huge saves on partial breakaways that Washington may have had that could have totally changed the tides of the series had those goals been let in. Um, but I feel like we owe Bob a lot of credit, as you mentioned, with not for him or even Carter Verhage, the Panthers might have not moved on from the series. Yeah, and I mean, that 906 save percentage, it's, save percentage isn't the greatest stat because, as you said, a lot of the chances were very difficult to make. I don't know if you want, I want to say he played like a 70 million goaltender yet. He came mm. very close. It was the closest we've seen Bob to that goaltender we thought we signed three years ago. Probably the best hockey he's played uh, in a Florida Panthers jersey. Yeah, I can agree there. I, I just, I thought that um, Bob was the X factor and I hope he's able to ride the momentum that he got from this first round and take it into the next round. Obviously, Whoever we draw, whether it's Tampa or Toronto, has two high-powered offenses. Obviously, more so than a little bit more so than Washington has. So it will be a bit of a challenge, especially when it comes to being on the penalty kill against the teams like that. Um, so if the guys are able to play well in front of them and limit those chances, I feel like, and Bob's able to steal a save here or there, um, we got as great a shot as any moving forward. 
I, I, I'd agree there. I mean, Bob keeps us in a Bob gives us a chance. The other person besides Bob that I want to talk about is Andrew Brunette. And after game three, there were a lot of people saying Andrew Brunette's not the guy for the job. And I took a step back there because I was like, well, he did just win us the president's trophy for the first time in franchise history. He did just put up an amazing season with this team. But I could have understood where through three games, people were kind of unhappy and because playoffs are all that matters. However, the Panthers then out, Brunette changes the lineup. And the lineup change works. And the Panthers win three straight games as a result. And the Panthers win their first playoff series in 26 years. At least in my opinion, it's time for the interim tag to be removed from Andrew Brunette. I think he deserved it, especially now winning a President's Trophy, winning a playoff series for the first time in 26 years. I think Brunette has done everything that we've asked him to do in order to become time head coach. And if he wants to become it, he should be allowed that opportunity. Do you agree with that? Yes, I'd have to agree 110% with you on that. Um, I thought Andrew Brunette took uh, took a lot of heat um, over the course of, year, of the year. I'm not sure why. I think we got spoiled tremendously this year, just uh, the sheer amount of success that the team had. If we lost three in a row or whatever, people are ready to pull the, pull the trigger on, on Bruno. And uh, people got to remember that he's been here for three years, took over in a tough spot for Joel Quinville. Um, and granted, it's still pretty much the same system with a few tweaks here or there that Joel Quinville was running while he was here. Um, and I feel like this system is built for the Florida Panthers and you'd hate to see another coach come in here and completely change the systems. And then the team may not have that same kind of success. The roster that Bill Zito has put on the ice is built around this style of hockey, high running gun, uh, great transition offense, high powered, tough to stop, um, lots of speed. And I feel like Bruno has used the weapons that he has available to him to a T, whether it's changing up lines here and there on the fly if guys aren't feeling it, changing up defensive pairs, um, not afraid to put Spencer Knight in if if need be. Um, and I just feel like uh, Bruno has done everything, made all the right moves. Um, as you said, being able to finally get past the first round, I think it's time to take the, the interim tag off and uh, – uh, let him be, you know, the face of the franchise in terms of uh, coaching for a few years here. You look at what happened through th- some of those first three games. You saw Weger struggling. So Brunette goes ahead. He switches him up, pairs him with Forsling, who's more of a puck-moving guy. He helped basically help Weger out a lot. So Weger didn't have to make some of those tough plays himself. The offense was struggling with the transition game, as you were saying, to get through the 1-3-1 trap. He changes up the lines. He changes it up a little bit. And the offense is able to fly through now and able to put up those goals that they needed to. Brunette made those changes. They might not have been so many in-game adjustments, but throughout the series, the changes were made. And he does make some in-game adjustments with the lines. I saw there was an opportunity yesterday where they went Barkov, Huberto, Mammon as a line. But it almost kind of works as Mammon's forechecking was through the roof. The small things that you don't think about, Brunette did just so perfectly. He has to be the guy that stays. He has to be it. If he wants it, he's got the job, in my opinion. Is yeah, there I, anything else? Oh, go ahead. No, no I was just going to say a final note on that. I agree 110%. Um, I think Bruno, like I said, has made all the right moves. Um, he's utilized the guys that Bill Zito brought in at the trade deadline, that being Claude Giroux, Ben Chirot, and Robert Haig uh, prior to the, the postseason starting for Haig. But um, Giroux and Chirot, um have fit in 
real nicely. Um, were both key factors in that uh, playoff series. Drew assists on the overtime goal as well. Ex- exactly, Drew a goal, two primary assists last night. Uh, factored in the last three Panther goals, he won fifty five point four percent of his faceoffs that series. Something the Panthers struggled tremendously in in their prior postseason uh, postseason experiences back in 2020, 2016, and twenty twelve. Not really having that right handed center that can win back draws. Faceoffs can be the difference of. Uh, a goal or a goal against when it, at the end of the day, uh, we saw one last night uh, face off was lost on that six on four late in the game that Washington was able to, to win. And that's the difference right there of whether we win in regulation or we win in overtime or potentially lose in overtime at that point when that goal was let in. So the fact that Bill Zito was able to acquire a guy like Claude Giroux, his veteran leadership, um, his playoff experience, um, and that he was able to um, drive the team last night in the moments that they needed it the most um, to to propel them to victory was huge. Yep, every everyone that's been brought in has helped this team. It's and I mean most of these guys on our you know of Billy Weger, Ekblad, Barkov, Huberto. There's not many old Dale Talon guys. It's all been. New guys have been brought in, and Bill Zito has really just flipped it around. I'm sure you've read the athletic article that just came out about how much Bill Zito is helping off the ice as well, uh, and just helping out with the community, building South Florida as a hockey town, getting the word out. And you do that with on the ice winning, and you can do that with off the ice other things, uh, such as the whole, building the whole new practice facility over in the War Memorial in Fort Lauderdale. The culture in South Florida is finally changing. People are starting to recognize. I hope that round two, the building's going to be rocking even louder than it was for round one, which is going to be pretty insane to try and beat 20,000 fans. But I think it can be done because South Florida is a hockey town now. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. You and I both were at game five, and I don't think I've ever heard that building that loud, especially – um, just the momentum swings of that game going down three nothing in the second period. Um, I think the Patrick Hornquist goal on the breakaway uh, to make it three to two uh, really blew the roof off the building. Um, just the energy was unreal. Gave me the chills. Um, hard to put into words. Like you said, uh, South Florida is starting to become um, a hockey town. Uh, I think this first round win is really going to put the team over the hump. Bill Zito has done everything and more since he's been here. Great moves all around. We forget about guys like Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhardt that were brought in um, as well. And just, I think Bill Zito was snubbed last year for GM of the year. And I, I think it would be a crime if he wasn't given the award this year. Um, just every guy that the guy has brought in has contributed wholeheartedly to this Panthers team and fit in just nicely some of these guys were third liners fourth liners or what have you at with other teams and they're superstars now playing with the Florida Panthers and the most highest scoring team we've seen in the in the uh salary cap era so it's it's been nice and you look at the guy who won it over him last year completely I guess both guys that completely won it over him last year their teams completely missed the playoffs this year and uh or did one of them get fired did the Montreal guy get fired I don't even know uh, but Lou Lamorello uh, having to fire his coach and Barry Trotz, which I don't get that move. But Bill Zito absolutely 
the GM of the year this year. Every guy he's brought in has worked. Every move he's made has worked. Even if I was critical of the Ben Chirot trade at the time, it has turned out well. He had a phenomenal series playing with Aaron Ekblad. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens in these future rounds. Zach, uh, you want to let people know where they can find you? Any last words? Uh, yes, uh, you can find me at Panthers Vet on uh, Twitter. Uh, my name is Zach Hamilton. Always down to talk hockey with you guys. Hockey in general, Florida Panthers diehard. Um, but yeah. Perfect. Panthers first. either Tampa or Toronto. We'll find out later today. Not sure the schedule yet. But I hope to see everybody at FLA Live Arena for game one of the second round. Let's make that place as loud as possible and just get out there. Have a great time. Go Panthers. And I hope you enjoyed listening. Have a great day, everyone. And peace out. Have a good one.